0: Hello everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Baked and Awake podcast. I'm your host Steve, and at the time of this recording it is early in the day on December 31st, 2019. So I'd like to extend my heartiest wishes for a happy and fruitful new year and start to a beautiful new decade each and every one of you who are listening to the podcast today and who've been with me on the journey thus far. You're about to listen to part two of a Mud Flood chat discussion with noted YouTube Mud Flood and Grand Tartaria researcher Philip Druginan. This was published just a couple days ago as a teleconference to my YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed yet over there, make your way over to YouTube, join me there where we recently exceeded 800 subscribers and are well on our way to 1,000. Please also look forward to a forthcoming video in the opening days of 2020, speaking of YouTube, on my recent trip to Olympia, Washington to tour the Capitol, grounds, scratching the surface in Olympia, Washington with respect to mud flood type architecture. Amazing, interesting, classic architecture that is so fun to explore with Tartarian goggles, so to speak. I'm heavily editing that at this time, but I won't rush it. We'll have it out very soon in the coming days. All right, everyone. Enjoy the chat. Have a wonderful and safe new year. I love you all. You know what to do. Smoke some indica and do shit anyway. In me now, and um, I want to say welcome to everybody. Hello, guys. Welcome, Philip. Welcome back. I want to just introduce you once again to those very few who might not uh, know you. This is uh, our friend and noted mud flood and Tartaria researcher, Philip Drujanin. He's returning to the podcast today for his second remote visit with us. He joins us from Moscow, Russia. And uh, many of you already do know Philip, as I'm as I I'm sure. But for those of you who don't, he has been a creator on YouTube for about at least 10 years at this point. Uh, he's been on this topic of mud flood and Tartaria uh, amongst the earliest of anybody uh, I know of, and he's certainly one of the first people doing quality content on Grant Tartaria that I discovered, uh, in particular on YouTube. And he's probably introduced more people to this topic than, than most, if not everybody, in that, in that area. Uh, we did part one of uh, this kind of dialogue back on November 17th here on YouTube, and we recorded that chat. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Philip even helped us out at that time with the recording because my solution failed me. Uh, that particular event. So, thank you once again, Philip, for that help. Uh, that was amazing. Welcome back to the to the podcast and to hanging out with me here. Um,
1: glad to have you back. Yeah, thanks a lot for inviting. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's okay to to do it uh, before the New Year's because then we have a holiday. So, I wanted to say thanks for inviting and um, everybody Merry Christmas and all the upcoming holidays should be fine. I think nothing's going to happen. So chill out and relax. There we go. go.
0: Good. Uh, So, you know, I thought what we would do together, uh, Philip, is I indicated I sent over some, you know, little, hey, this is this would be fun to talk about. I think we should. uh, I wanted to share with everybody what my high level, like two minute Cliff notes is of Grand Tartaria and mud flood. The whole, the whole um, topic that we're enjoying talking about together that you've spent so much time exploring and explaining for people. Um, to my understanding, and and Philip, interrupt me anytime as I go off course here. But I'm going to keep it really short. When I think about Tartaria, I think about a mystery that i discovered a year or so back that we've come to understand has been probably discussed somewhere in the public sphere for at least the last 20 years um but less so in in you know the youtube world and the wider internet forum world uh until just the last few years uh, the last couple of years for many of us but this grand tartaria civilization is one that most of us have come to understand was more or less finished being erased from history sometime in the 19th century and uh this was accomplished through a combination of things like wars and uh propaganda and renaming of nations in the wake of of world you know worldwide conflicts right where the whole map was redrawn uh in many cases and and People like us living in the present day in 2019 can barely uh, name the regions and states that have been renamed in the 19th century and before that in the 18th century, because even then there was massive turmoil, many wars. And, uh, you know, uh, in that period, there was uh, natural disasters as well, plagues, famines. These things together form a picture for those of us investigating Tartaria and mud flood that look a lot like an area of history that's rich with opportunity to edit things. And uh, in fact, we have sort of a record of an evolving, changing narrative about peoples, about cultures, about entire dynasties uh, that today most of us probably get all our information about from Hollywood movies and you know Netflix original series these days right more so than than ever before uh, the most
1: reliable source right now is Hollywood movies know, yeah.
0: it's it's wild it's wild because it sometimes feels like you're getting tricked every time you sit down to watch the movies but I too I can't help but feel like I'm continuously trying to decode the movies that I watch because they feel like they have so much truth shown in front of our faces so much of the time too um but so this is this is something that probably started as far as our understanding as early as the 17th century
1: the yeah okay Let, let's just l- a little pause and break it down what you said about the names of, of of nations
2: there we go the
1: tartarian itself and the document that you send me in in, in your uh, message about say uh, something mentioned in tartars mm-hmm. is a little bit different in fact because if you check the website of CIA.gov, you'll see that it has a little description here. So uh, we're talking about national cultural development under communism. Absolutely. Uh, and this document was, like, released uh, at 1998. So at that time, nobody was talking about Tartaria itself. But in the description, it has the different name of that nation. It, it names, like it's named right now in Russia, they are named Tatars. And so this is where uh, the, the the mistake was made because everybody was thinking that they were talking about the, the Tartars because they misspelled it in the document twice. Uh, and so, but in the, in the narrative of talking about the Muslim Tatars that are right now living in Russia. Mm-hmm. So this is the mistake and that's why alternative researchers should not even mention this document in their research. It doesn't even it's not even close about Tartaria, it's about the Tatars that are now uh, named like this to erase their previous name of Bulgars. Okay. They were named Bulgars before, and to uh, make up this legend about Mongols and Tatars the, which were conquering uh, the Eurasia before uh, in the, in, the, in, the medi- in the medieval times right now, like right. Uh, mainstream narrative is going on about Genghis Khan and all those Mongol Tatars that were like uh, even in Hungary in Italy and sometimes even in France, so I mean this is totally ridiculous information because, uh, and that's why they they supposed to find some nations that, subs- that would be called Tatars and they called them the Bulgars who were living in the, near the Volga River and um, that was the best probably the best decision for them because when they saw the all this mention, ancient ancient maps uh, where uh, we see tartaria mm-hmm. they probably uh, you know had this logic like let's call those people tartars mm-hmm. like they were like the descendants of tartaria but in the tartarian maps that particular region was not called tartaria it was called bulgaria so i mean and call Mick Tartaria, so which is like a little different, That's and cool. and, and, wow. and yeah, and it's like a little different from what we know as Tartaria. So this is where mistake goes. And um, now uh, what they do is actually just name me the, the names of United States first one, America, right? US, sure. Sure. Uh, USA, which could be you know spelled. Like USA, like you know, and somebody could hear this sound and spelling and spell it like literally like it's spelled. So I mean, uh, and uh, America itself, it's not, uh, it's 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 a different um, definition than the North America. It's a different definition than South America because America could be both at the same time, and you cannot just call one country uh, America. And so, this is like, uh, how many
0: nations are in South America, right? Yeah, it's like they're in the United States that are, yeah, all that, uh,
1: that's where a mistake goes because people call uh, the Empire of Ross, uh, they call it the Empire of Grand Tartaria because, but Tartaria was after the Empire of Ross, and this is where all the achievements of Empire of Ross were. After automatically uh, switched to the timeline when Tartaria was, because they supposed to be erasing the Empire of Ross, because like three hundred years ago, everybody knew about it. We had a bunch of um, uh, noble people like uh, the the family of La Roche, which is literally means from Ross, mm-hmm. and so uh, like uh, different uh, wars, which was like White Rose against red rose and this is like you know uh, different spellings and different uh names like Ross came across
0: those roses I came across the roses
1: yeah 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 and this is like um, when you don't have the emblems when you don't have the families when you don't have any clans at that certain point you have like a war and that war is depending on the flags that's where the first colors come white color against red color and this is what we see throughout the whole history line Uh, even to the modern uh, 20th century when we see uh, uh, so-called white uh, army against red army uh, Mm
2: -hmm. in in
1: Russia so this is like uh, fighting for uh, like a cycle of fighting and it's ending up each every century you see this fight between, between white and red and this is like when they were split the history was changed before that they were united in one strength in one empire and uh, right now we are fighting and right now russia is representing the reds again and the western uh part of uh, the empire is representing white
0: Mm -hmm. well Uh, and it is it the earliest parts of the story that uh... Thank you, by the way, that was... But
1: but everybody is controlled by blue. Don't forget about it. And,
0: all right, well, we'll get to the blues, I guess, here in a moment. Uh, But I was thinking that uh, some of the earliest parts of the history of Tartaria include the history of the Great Schism of the Eastern and Western Catholic Churches, the uh, Eastern Orthodox Pope from the uh, Roman Pope in the Vatican uh, as well. so that's uh, that stuff that you know. Probably you're one of the only people talking about Philip. Is that awareness of the fact that you know a lot of us apply these labels like Grand Tartaria to the mystery and leave it at that because it it, it just becomes it sticks. It's it's a really catchy uh, term to to apply to this empire, but Tartaria probably represented by most people's understandings of the mystery, a latter day remnant of an older, you know, realer system, whatever it was, whatever we want to call it, hegemony, paradigm. So uh, that was one of the things I wanted to uh, cover with you today was, you know, more about the empire of Rose. Uh, To close on that national cultural development under communism document, And I thank you for, uh, you know, addressing it briefly here. I, so we're really looking there at another example of um, that revision of history, that editing of history right there. Now we have a doc there for those not familiar. And I shared it uh, earlier, uh, a link to that doc. I've talked about this document on the podcast in the past. Uh, and found it very interesting, but as you as you point out, probably correctly, it's you know we need to understand this is a declassified CIA document. So even taken at absolute face value, this was something that was produced by an asset embedded in Russia in the nineteen seventies, um, who was reporting back to an American CIA handler. So therefore, maybe telling them what they wanted to hear as much as what they you know. Really believed to be true. Um, maybe working with a prepared script of their own from from the beginning. And as you you know, give us the understanding. We're also suffering from a simple substitution error here, with Berbers being mislabeled as Tartars uh, in in this particular doc, and maybe in some other places as well around that time. That yeah, then. But- there, again, sticks, right? A label stuck.
1: and Yeah, I, I'm going to read you uh, yeah. in, in what narrative. Or oh, let us take the matter of history, which along with there religion, is. language, and literature constitute the core of the people's cultural heritage. Here again, for the communists have interfered in a shameless manner. So they are talking about the communists. And communists appeared in 20th century when uh, the Tatars were already named the Tatars. So we had uh, this, you know... Very strained straight line for these logics. For example, on 9th of August in nineteen forty-four, so we're talking in the mid twentieth uh, century, the Central Committee of Communist Party, sitting in Moscow, issued a directive ordering the parties, Tar Tar, which in the misspelling is, DR. Mm-hmm. In the middle, provincial committee. So, they're talking about the Tatar region, which was already the region of the Soviet Union. Okay, this is not Tartaria to proceed a scientific revision of the history of Tartaria, and that's where we, they pulled in the country that was before to that particular region. Uh, so with well, the Tartar Provincial Committee which was representing the, the, the region in Volga in near the city of Kazan The Astrakhan Tartars and maybe Crimean Tartars. That's it. And that's where they mentioned them uh, later in, in this document So the history of Tartaria to liquidate serious shortcomings and mistake of a nationalistic character committed by individual writers and historians in, in dealing with Tartar history in other words, Tartar history was to be rewritten, let us be frank, was to be falsified in order to eliminate references to great Russian aggressions and to hide the facts of the real course of Tartar Russian relations. That's where they blame Russians already, yeah. because, like, you know, they create creating this conflict that the Russian aggression. Uh, But the Tartars were were the Bulgars before were the part of the empire, uh, the Russian empire. So what's the aggression? If you had like a district or province, as they say, provincial committee, uh, why should it be the aggression to be the part of the country? right? And this was to know a isolated case in every Muslim area. That's where they pull the Muslims into this. Because some Tartars are Muslims, of course, and they related to Turks. Uh, in every Muslim area within the USSR, historians on order of Communist Party have rewritten history to distort the facts so that the, the Russians appear always in good light. So, okay, blaming the Russians to be good, uh, but
0: That they're creating a story. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Needless to say, but, uh, you know, who were uh, ruling the Russians at that time, uh, 15, uh, the 15 uh, committee, 15 commissars of the committee, 14 of them were Jews. Right. And so how do you blame the Russians to to make a history that the Russians were in a good light? What's the logics for this? I don't I don't see any logics. If you're talking about nationalistic, you know, uh, relations of Tartars and Russians, which were leaded by Jews, then blame the Jews for making this history for the Russians to be, you know, aggressive in in the context of history, in the narrative of history. I don't don't know the logics of this document. I think it's... Commissar is
0: an office, right? That's not an inherited uh, station. That's not like the Tsars. That's not a... a, uh, Commissar is something that people come together and are designated or bestowed by the Tsars, the Commissars. Like, what level in society are those people?
1: Yeah, and so the commissars were, uh, all the commissars came from the Europe and America. Everybody knows uh, they came from New York and from Switzerland. So this is like, you know, a well-known fact. And they were funded by the German, you know, German army banks, which were German agency, like, uh, you know, intelligence agencies. Hmm. Everybody knows that they were sealed in in a diplomatic um you know how do you call train or you know wagon in a train and they're like you're sealed by the german officers who were like saying we are diplomats nobody's in or out during the trip and they were sent directly from switzerland to finland and then directly to russia you know so this (laughs) is like very interesting and uh fact Uh, so blaming those who were controlling russians in fact, their own agents and funded by German and American intelligence agencies, those Bolshevik commissars blaming them to create Russians a history where where Russians look more, you know, great than Tartars. In fact, giving the Tartars their own name and pulling the previous empire to this, you know, document, is totally falsification of what we know as alternative narrative about Tartaria, you know.
0: Now, we have, though, the, uh, the clear, like, alliterative, the sound connection between Russian, the, the, the word we know today for the, the largest state and largest sort of empire in, in your part of the world, and Ros, right? So, yeah. there's, like, that's on purpose, right? That's intentional in terms yeah, because
1: of... because rush, rust uh, rust is reddish you know reddish mm-hmm. reddish blood is also reddish and it becomes more rusty when it's like drying out and it's becoming more like uh, dark red and so it's even called scarlet sometimes i mean mm-hmm. so this is an ED color of uh, the flag also shows that it was red so i mean that is what you know the connection Sure, and the yeah. red, red blood also, right. The, right. The, 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 the original people, the local people who were living here had the red color of the blood. Mm-hmm. Okay, And that's where the difference comes from.
0: You know? So we're talking red bloods versus blue bloods, perhaps. and yeah,
1: blue, uh, White, so-called white, aristocra- aristocratic, uh, you know, um, uh, capitalistic, I, I, I can't say, you know, you know not capitalist, trade, trade unions. Atlantis, all this stuff was, you know, pulled to this ideology and propaganda of those merchant societies, of those Masonic orders, of those temple orders, of those who were, you know, collecting all these pyramids that we see, um, Bilderberg group, you know, all this stuff, Rockefellers, Rothschilds, central banks, uh, religions, and all this stuff. This is all what was made by the white flag, you know, so, and they were controlled by the blue bloods, of course, but the blue bloods, those that um, I'm trying to research in in, in my series about the cruel, cruel, crown and uh, Ray Bradbury sheep.
0: Nice, nice. Um, I, I know you've done a great job with your recent videos on the Empire of Rose. You did one a few months back and then most recently, what, a month or so back that I uh, just watched to uh, sort of get ready for you know, rewatch to get ready to sit down and and chat with you. And uh, I know that you're not a person who's advocating for a narrative that's like some sort of uh, at all to be confused with a uh, racist Russo Aryan preeminent uh, sort of characterization of history at all. I've watched enough of your content to know that you don't spend Uh, a lot of time and energy on that, and when you do address it, it's in the uh, framework of what I've heard you discuss as sort of like these uh, earlier generations, old world, like repopulation programs, people type programs, people engineering programs, you know, like we saw in the obvious, the, the modern analogy, of course, is the eugenics programs of not only uh, Nazi Germany, but of the United States in the late 18th and uh, rather the 19th and early 20th centuries, Uh, programs that didn't end until the 50s and 60s in some cases. In the united yeah States.
1: somebody has to be mainstream so if if we have somebody who's like you know on the site like everybody know about eugenics right and that's why they blame in only them but everybody else had the same programs you
0: know yeah so this is you know this is something that i just i know is always there somewhere in some people's sort of uh, minds when we're talking about Grand Tartaria and the history of Russia and the history of something called the Empire of Ross that we're only just learning and understanding anything about many of us for the first time and uh, you know that's something that I think is is important to just at least acknowledge and let you know let people know that that's not something that we're Trying to push here in in some kind of agenda-driven fashion. So, uh, and that's that's you know that's something that is discussed when we're talking about the new chronology work of Fomenko and Nasovsky. When we're talking about things like that CIA declassified document, because everything has a point of origin that, in a lot of cases, is coming from the very sources that we would tend to think should be the most sort of suspicious of in, in a lot of ways, but they are also the places where we go and see clues that seem to tie into things that we're observing firsthand. You know, um, I got that little banner going about how much footage you've shot in and around your area in Moscow. Um, you've traveled you on your recent vacation, you found what, what was that? A mud volcano, a mud?
1: Yeah. 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 I uh, just, you the, know, the
0: mud like a whole mud landscape out there that just brought to life to me the reality of you know the potential for these things that we talk about when we casually drop terms like mud flood mud flood mud flood no we're talking mud flood massive floods you know be they slow moving be they fast be they sudden or have they you know may they maybe in some cases they take months or weeks or months to occur uh, where people watch their region slowly get erased, you know, and, and have time to pack up and move out. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I literally have a, uh, Google alert set for mud flood and I get an alert every couple of days about flooding period all around the world. Cause it's not that smart of a Google alert that it excludes all bad results, but I have gotten several real hits on mud flood type events happening around the world in 2019 talking house burying landslides and and whole sections of of regions being changed uh, you know in ways that'll take them years to recover from so you know this is a, a topic that I just can't dismiss uh, you know your your degree of uh, footage that you've taken I think one of your most recent videos was on the you know finally sort of Decoding some evidence of one of those bastion forts, a star fort, there in yeah. your area, right? And that was an awesome video, by the way. Um, you know, I love looking at your area and your content because it seems like that part of the world is at the heart of so much of this mystery. Um, what was it you were talking about with respect to? And I really uh, loved these uh, images that you shared. I think it was on Instagram with the old-fashioned crosses. Yeah, them. I think
1: uh, the information that came with the crosses. I mean, mm-hmm. I've touched it a couple of times before, mm-hmm. um, but you started to about to talk about Famenka. I mean, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. we are not touching Famenka right now, I can talk, I can talk about what what, what I found on Famenka before because mm-hmm. I promised to make a video about it. Mm-hmm. So I tried to calculate the number of the books first.
0: Yeah, we definitely I, have some time. I would love to address that point on Famenco. Yeah. You know, we so, didn't go uh, very
1: far with it. Uh, so I found that information that somebody was also trying to do that and um, so what they found is like they uh, they they called this article the uh, uh, post historical kitchen of academic Famenka. And so the fact of they're not trying to criticize uh, the uh, the material itself, right. but what they're trying to say is like they also calculated the, the number of books. That's where I found also the reference here about the numbers. And so um, so what they're saying is like from 1995 to 2010, it's like 15 years, mm-hmm. Fomenko and Nosovsky – uh, published around 50 fundamental scientific, uh, you know, books uh, mm-hmm. with the 65 books in it. So yeah. it's like not 50 books, but 60, 50 uh, works with 65 books in it right. and each with around six 600 pages. Yep. And uh, we are not mentioning that this is just a hobby for them. So, I mean... Um, really? They tried to compare this amount with the 29 book uh, work of Solovyov, one of the famous historian and uh, the historian person, which took him around 30 years, 30 years. and they these guys are not talking about uh, not only Russia here, they are talking about every country right so like right. Europe and stuff like this. So I mean, if you had a hobby, that's quite a hobby so uh, when we calculate from 2010 so it's like nine years Mm past since 2010 guess how much the books uh, they they published
0: i'm guessing not very many
1: 34.
0: whoa geez really
1: yeah and so that guy was talking to fomenko he was like a a friend of him so when somebody asks
0: somebody if they've read They haven't read Fomenko because there's so much work from Fomenko and Nisovsky. You're not getting, most people are not getting through even the original new chronology books.
1: Yeah. And this is while they were, you know, working in the university. They were working in mathematics. They were still working in science. And this is like a hobby. Okay. And this is all presented in this legend to be like this. But okay. Let's, you know, settle this out and check what the people who were acquaintance of the Famenka say. Uh, they say, like, he was not even relying that those material that he was researching a fake before the 1995. Wow. Before 1995, he was saying, quote, uh, our version, our new version of chronology leads us to redating Ancient occasions and documents, but not declining them uh, to be uh, promote proclaiming them to be fake This is what what he's saying before before he started and met Nosovsky and the first book he published with Nosovsky He completely forgot what he was saying five years before that so and he's starting to make all this conspiracy theory about you know and making all this stuff like it was like Romanov's, Romanov's, uh, Romanov's dynasty, um, um, you know, order to erase the history that was before. Of course it was, but don't blame it, everything to one, you know, family line or bloodline, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not a great fan. But and in this case with the books, with the amount of work that they did, leads me to one thing, that they're like, you know, a crazy printer. Which is printing each and every story that that it is, you know, supposed to be printing. I mean, this is like, you know, enormous amount of work. I'm not sure every anybody can give a scientific degree or a scientific, you know, resume on these books because nobody's still, you know, mentioning them and as a reference as a source. Not one alternative author, like in five years, mentioned them as a reference. <clears throat> So, uh, I mean, the popularity that they have, they have it only on the bookshelves of those shops and uh, because it's like a conspiracy theory and it's like, you know, making more people believe in this narrative Mm -hmm. without understanding what exactly they are writing in those books because it's impossible to keep it all together. You have to be like, you know, totally, uh, I would say, insane Yep. keep all those facts that they mention in, in those books because they like, you know, totally mid-processing each and every fact, calling people different names at the same, you know, same page. And you're like totally missing what they're trying to say. And it's like, you know, it's the way the, the mathematicians, the mathematicians who are not, you know, a literature people that who are not the book authors. They're like, you know, printing and printing books for money was what I'm trying to say. Interesting. Okay.
0: So the more they the more they publish, the better it is for them, because people will take it no matter what and put it on the bookshelf, whether they ever understand it fully or not, and whether it really has any value or not, too. Yeah, Uh, that's interesting. So it does. I mean, I've heard this critique and I've only attempted to read the digital PDFs of the the first volume of the new chronology because of its daunting size, frankly. What I've done to try to consume some of that material is listen to it narrated, listen to it um, read out aloud. And there's a uh, there's a channel on YouTube, guys. You know, read all of them. So uh, all of like the first six or seven books that that original core new chronology that everybody refers to, and they don't you know worry about all the rest of the material these guys have come out with.
1: Yeah, when well, the people that met Natovsky came, came to came to his house, they said, oh, look how many books you have. He said, it's all mine. It's like, oh, bookshelf was... Uh, uh-huh, bookshelf just was. a bookshelf full of wall of Oh Yeah, writing, all, yeah. all his books. All new chronology stuff. So it's like, like a jaw in fact because, you know, nobody knew they published so many books. Who was buying those books in fact? I don't know.
0: Right, right.
1: But so somebody was.
0: Uh, it's interesting to, you know, try to keep them in their own perspective and understand that as far as you're concerned, their they're pop culture, their X-Files
1: conspiracy theory. Yeah, one idea was published right. in so uh-huh. many different, you know, facts and he, they like asking them, uh, is it so hard to write so many books? And Nosovsky said, it's, it's hard before you understand the algorithm. And they like say, oh, he knows the algorithm. And 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 I interpreted it. It's like a mathematician who is printing control C, control V, control C, control V. And that's how he prints. Damn. This is what, what, what I think about algorithm in, in writing books. This is like totally copying whatever you did before. Mm-hmm. Not interesting for me. Yeah.
0: There we go. Well, there. That's a great perspective on Fomenko and Nasovsky. And maybe we all should. Uh, spend a little less time obsessing over what we think they got right and got wrong, because we probably have better sources for these the periods of history covered by their new chronology, and maybe can just as soon dispense with that.
1: Because yeah, you know, one simple fact that we, you and me, are supposed to understand that what we are seeing right now, what we observe in the evidence, which they are not mentioning it at all. Interesting.
0: And yeah, yeah that's right you, and you mentioned this is that previously they don't even touch on it
1: Yep. Yeah. they don't even touch 19th century at all
0: right right because it gets too close to their time in history and gets too close to the people who it's, they. it's, it's
1: too sensitive it's, it's too sensitive for those who pain them you know
0: absolutely um, just taking a quick peek at my notes here for us uh so I won't I won't uh, put you on the spot on that weird article that I found. But are you familiar, by the way, with that uh lib lib.ru, that
1: library Yeah, that's a that's Russian, the, like it's resource. a website. What yeah.
0: is that? Is it is it uh, is it a small website? Is it a big website? Uh, is it it's, a it, Wikipedia? It's, ra-
1: it's rather big, uh, but uh-huh. I don't I don't use it usually because it's like more like Non-official, I, I would say it's not a shop or something. It's like unofficial copies there, so it's like I don't think it's like people who don't care about the copyright. Maybe they publish their text there. I don't know, or maybe somebody's just stealing the text and publish it. Okay, uh, just to SEO the 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 certain keywords and get more attention in search from the people who search in certain books, and so they like publish different books there.
0: There we go that's that's what i was you know the gist i got was that it seemed independent published but i couldn't determine if i was looking at a alternative wikipedia of some kind or simply a like glorified web forum where anybody could publish anything and you see just as much fiction on there as truth uh it seemed academic it had an academic feel to it this library uh but, of course, all of the documents are in Russian. And so what I'm viewing is basically an English translation scraped by Google off of the web browser of anything that I see on that website. So uh, it's it's tantalizing, but it's very difficult to really – yeah, it does sound Wiki-esque, Z, uh to to pull down – meaningful information off of it for for us but uh so you wouldn't place them on your high list of uh, resources for uh interesting history and uh and well,
1: discovery I, I certainly looked at the article you sent me so i right. uh, it starts with some you know long read type of you know like a long read you know when you like yeah. say supposed to say one sentence and but you say it like for several pages before you say it, actually. So
0: okay, so it. that wasn't got... just me. Okay. No,
1: <laughs> so, so I this is a long read story. I mean, but the facts that they mentioned actually very interesting because I never heard about those facts and I try to recheck him as as what I do in, in my ordinary job. I always check my facts, mm-hmm. and so I've tried to check first two, and those first two, you know, matched, and all the rest are just you know made up facts. So it's like. List okay. of around 10 facts and like one or two are like original and really interesting and the rest are just you know illusions and you know speculations I'd mm-hmm. say and so uh Yeah, it's very interesting to understand what chrono capsule is chrono capsule is like certain place where you can hide yourself And you like seal yourself before somebody found you in like right. in a couple of centuries and then yep. unlock you and you're totally safe and uh he mentions like two cases of this like uh, somebody found um uh, a rat or something a squirrel and it's like ran away or and somebody found a person who was um in 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 the ice right so the
0: paper the paper started with a bunch of like mathy sounding uh sciency sounding gobbledygook for everybody not aware I'm, I'm trying to give them a little context here on the chrono capsules paper and uh goes from a, a high level theory of what the chrono capsule is or isn't um i'm sure philip is still here with us he's just uh doing something off camera but uh and um Starts again. Russian translated page uh, by Google. So my definition of, or my my comprehension of the doc is limited at best. But it goes from there to relating a bunch of stories that some of us have heard before about people passing in and out of dimensions. They talk about flying Dutchmen and uh, you know people appearing out of nowhere or disappearing to nowhere throughout history that we're aware of. So they they take it from this high level thing to a, you know, sort of remember these different stories you've heard of, you know, in in not so many words. And the ChronoCapsule itself is some sort of uh, environment, we could say, that sounded a lot to me, Philip, like a, a hard drive, a stored, a storage unit on a giant macro scale computer, or maybe I have my scale and perspective really messed up in terms of how big it needs to be physically or not um, but uh, it was a it was a neat article. It's interesting to you know hear you say that most of the facts after the initial premise that sounded really neat you know end up really not panning out to being much of anything so that's you know <laughs> it's too bad.
1: Have you heard about fi- finding a person from Titanic? No, I don't think so. That's oh, innocent. like a Titanic survivor, right? Who yeah, claims they he, were on the boat? Yeah, he he also mentioned finding in this list, so that's discrediting and all all the rest. So I mean, <laughs> and, I, and, ne- and and I've you know, in fact, I never interviewed Sylvia Ivanova. And, Didn't you? No, I never. I swear you did. No, 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 no. So oh it was me. God. Get that. And awesome she's movie. not. She's not. She's not the author of uh, "There Are No Forests North" either. She's right.
0: not the original author, right? No, but it's on her channel, though, and that's yeah. where it got probably most well known, right?
1: We, we, we should copyright strike her. I, oh. I, I, I'll tell David. David, to Oh you know, no! <laughs> you <know> the guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. God, we better get The, that the out. guy. The guy's name is David, and he's from Vladivostok. It's uh-huh. like closer to to Pacific Ocean. He's like on on the on the other side of the Pacific Ocean from you. So okay. All right.
0: Well, 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 I did see his video first and then I listened to her narration of the video because there's did she just perform it for him? No, he did it. He spoke the narrative the first time, right on. There are no trees on flat earth.
1: He's not the ori- he's not the original author of the article also Either. he was he was really? translating and editing some effects combining them together and making the whole video so it's like he was the one who who translated it in English and tried to you know n- make a narrative there narration
0: there you go okay so he's the first one to do it for us in English
1: yeah and then then a bunch of people try to make copy and yep. uh make another sound
0: american accents trying to uh narrate it i don't like them nearly as much i really don't yeah. so
1: and but um, they they made even more views than he did so it's like in, when when i totally uh right. analyzed the view count it was total like 2 million views in month so, so like some like, of these other channels yep. yeah all yep. the channel combined it was 2 million views
0: Oh really okay okay to- for all of them
1: but now his channel was deleted by YouTube in fact right ago and he was like, you know, trying to make a new one I don't know if he's um, still survive. I'll send you a link. Maybe you you try to promote him I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'll, su- I'll definitely subscribe to him and I'd love to uh, see what he's doing with his comeback trying to get You know back out there. That's amazing. So um, So I wanted to get back to that Empire of Rose conversation, just for a little bit more, if we can, Philip, and uh, I was fascinated by the antique crosses that you showed recently, and we've all seen and and talked, those of us who have been watching, you know, consuming madly everything we can about mud flood and Tartaria and Antiquitech, watched a lot of content of yours where you look into the actual aerials that we see on top of many of the church buildings in particular, but on many of the older ornate buildings that are still together and still standing in our cities, um, we see sometimes they've been altered or broken down, But and we don't see these older crosses anymore that um, are the kind of three-tier cross, right? It's got a short crossbar, long middle crossbar, and a third smaller crossbar below it. Um, we associate them with churches, right? They were probably on other buildings as well at one point in time.
1: Yeah, it's just simply not the... I don't think it's... uh... It was, like, published by me, like, a year ago. It was, like, a video or something. I was talking about it. So, it's, like, okay. anten- um, they, they had an article uh, in the Soviet Times, maybe late Soviet Times, about uh, the experiment with TV antennas. And so the people in some certain region were living uh, very far from from the major cities, major routes, maybe major logistics. They were like far, far away from everybody, mm-hmm. like a thousand kilometers. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to experiment with the TV signal, trying to catch it so they can establish a, a better TV signal. Right. And so they're trying to make this one antenna, that antenna, that form of antenna. and Everybody was experimenting. Like, I've watched a few of these videos. Yeah, and um, so uh, the guy uh, that made the best antenna had the shape of this type of cross, but in fact, the the, the lower bar was like a little bit shifted, like. Um,
0: okay, it wasn't
1: totally straight
0: on a. Yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and that's what we have right now on Russian crosses.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, we have like a little shift. Really. Over lower bar and the same of uh, the first and the second bar are pretty much the same, similar to what you see on those pictures uh, that are posted. So so I think this is somehow connected to the TV signal or maybe sending signal to somebody else and maybe like, you know, sending some type of frequency signals, I don't know. And maybe uh, that shows us that they were establishing this connection. So. Are trying to speak away with this uh, only Skype stuff and stuff like this. Maybe they had it in ancient times, some type of projections or some type of uh, right. I would say 3D. Um, and maybe some, some visualizations sure. or no. Know. Sure. knows? Well, I mean, we've seen we've seen those images
0: of like old ghostly looking projections in people's living rooms, and they're easily explained away as you know, hoaxes or a style of art that was done at the time with photography because you could do fun things in the developing room and and put a person's image on a photo. Like, there's always been Photoshop, and they always – people have always played with it. But, you know, maybe a simpler –
1: Yeah, how do you you actually explain talking to somebody? Like, who is distant from you? I mean, if you're praying to some certain saint, I I would say, like – Let's right. let's say you pl- praying, uh, Holy Mary. How do you supposed to t- talk to her? Just with the praise? Right. or if you ha- you have some t- certain device in this in this building where you that go, really
0: puts you in touch with them,
1: and uh, you 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 like uh, the device is turned on, and you send your message to the certain you know signal, mm-hmm. and they they receive it with something and mm-hmm. give you back some feedback with some certain right. actions or obstacles that you receive. I don't know. Sure. Maybe this supposed to make sense. I don't know.
0: Absolutely. No, it does. And I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more work to be done in, you know, exploring that and trying to get to any place of any conclusions. Maybe no conclusions can be drawn. It makes me think about the difference in history and in religion in history between a time when people believed they needed their priests and the and the church itself in order to go confess their sins, in order to go commune with God. They couldn't do it individually. You know, today in the new age world, everybody can meditate their way to communicating with the eternal spirit of the universe, right? Uh, and if they're more faithful, they can still not go to church, but get down at their bedside and say their prayers at night for their family and for their loved ones and for their greatest hopes and dreams. Maybe that represented a change in technology in the connection technology between the the universe and and people that, okay, you don't need to go to the church anymore to have your prayers heard. You can have your own relationship with God. Of course, that, you know, is verging into totally different territory than than what we've been spending time on, and and I don't want to open up those kind of cans of worms
1: either. So, <laughs> talking, about the con- talking about the connection and right. the, uh, I would say the, uh, what was the, what was the, the the best thing, the most important thing for the Bolsheviks after the revolutions, they were capturing the the stations, railroad stations in fact, airports and the telegraph. Telegraph, which was the, the place where we were sending the radio messages and all the messages and telephones, yep. telephonograms and stuff like this. Yep. So when you cut the connection, when you control the communication, you control the population. And so you yep. control the place where the communication going on and you totally cut off the people from the the connection with the higher beings who were supposed to look after us as what the bible says as what the other books say like you're supposed to like um, pray for some some reason you know it's not like you know it's not made up you're supposed to pray for some reason but nobody is like you know bragging of some good results after the praying right now
0: right right it's like the connection is severed
1: only only some scams making money on all this stuff right and that's it because they have a connection yeah, they had the, the personal connection right now, and you and they can sell you for, for for money, you know, all these fake connections. Yep. Well, I hope that makes sense, guys. I mean, I'm not trying to uh discredit all this. I'm not uh, right now I'm pro religion because religion is supposed to mean something in the physical uh expression, right? It's what you get, it's what you receive for doing something. It's le- at least we're supposed to believe it's That's the logic so like you want the present and you receive the present at the christmas right right that's the tradition that's the, you work hard the whole year and you receive the present for that
0: it is kind of one of those things where you you do reward yourself at this holiday for being good each year even you know as much as it's about giving to everybody else even just the celebrations and the and the time that you spend with family and the food, you know, gift, gifts aside, it's still kind of a informal vacation for everybody and and time of rest, right? But uh,
1: but why I, lie? Why lie that somebody like Santa exists? Like somebody's bringing all those presents. If you buy them, sure. it's because it, it was before. It was like this before. Somebody was, you know sending some gift to you or virtual gift, I don't know, spiritual gift.
0: Well and is it even the birth of Jesus or not on the twenty-fifth of December? That's often contested out in the conspiracy world, in the alternative history world, in the uh even in the History Channel, Discovery Channel, Documentaries, World, they're not afraid to take that on. They're not afraid to do documentaries where they talk about how, you know, Jesus was much more likely to have been born sometime between the spring and at the latest, October, you know, when animals and people were, uh, when food was abundant and people were having babies, you know, and that there weren't as many winter births uh, at this particular time. Uh, I don't know that I believe that to be totally true but either way um you know philip we've just got i I was planning on keeping you for as much as i could today as much as an hour you know we've probably talked about each of the uh points that i had that i wanted to bring up we've got by the way 20 people hanging out with us in the chat today and watching this uh stream so uh i think we should thank them just for joining us and being here this whole time most of them have been here in the chat the entire time thank you everybody um maybe if you have a couple more minutes we could take a question or two from the chat if anybody has a question for philip specifically um everybody's had really on 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 topic comments this entire time and had great stuff to say about you um i'd also like to invite you philip to expand on any point that we've talked about up to now, um, or if you had anything new that you wanted to mention, maybe while we were chatting today, uh, I'd love to hear it.
1: Yeah. If you wanted to know more about the of Ross, uh, I mean, I have to collect some more material, some more factage and yeah. And we we'll probably make a video on that. So, uh, that Got would be a more...
0: Ross gear on right here for you, everybody. <laughs> there it is.
1: Yeah, very probably good have one. one of
0: the only ones in the wild out there right now.
1: Yeah, right. and I and I also said like people anybody can join this you know challenge and find well facts you can find on this empire. So maybe there you can go. find and expand on Gog and Magog war, which was also mentioned in some Duke of Ross. And that maybe just can got on our radar,
0: Philip too yeah. Gog and Magog and the Book of Og. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I think I may be able to tackle is that book because it's not seven volumes long and seven hundred pages each like the New Chronology is. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: um, like, what are they saying in Latin? Mm-hmm. Oraculus Ezekielis is like uh, the Ezekiel uh, uh, the the prophet of Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Um, uh, A-, A-, A C. Ioannis Gog, Gog is likely like, the Duke of. Um, the, the the duke whose name was gog and mm-hmm. uh, dude imperatorum tartarum so it's like they also mention in tartarus there a uh, q nominee is to sit apelandos velcinanos and nomin proim in ipsim tartarum imperatorem so also naming gog as the i imper, um, imperator or em, empire of tartaria of, also in this particular line about the gog so I mean, this is very interesting, and Bible needs to be uh, reread by me because mm-hmm. uh, I, I need to read all those uh, stuff like Gog Teram, Magog principle supreme Russia Moscow and Georgia. It's like Flavi was mentioning Gog. That was Gog was uh, the ruling of Georgia. Also, Georgia is caucus. Mm-hmm. and how do you call uh, white race people in America?
0: Uh, Caucas- what do we call them?
1: Caucasians.
0: Sure. Yeah, the Caucasus, the Caucasians, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the the Caucasians lived on Caucasus first of all, and the Georgia is on Caucasus, and the Magog lands were above Georgia, which is right now Russia and all those Caucasus lands. So uh, very interesting in fact. In fact, so and uh, all those people from Georgia and Armenia could be found in Spain also imagine that uh, around four percent of french people are armenian people and uh, a bunch of gino gene uh, dna, uh, DNA uh, distribution also goes to the land of Basques and all those you know land of uh, Iberical.
0: going to mention the Basques when you brought that up i mean that that too sprang to mind for
1: sure so that united culture was also mentioned in the dna researches so i mean um, the first people and these civilization of ross were established near these Caucas mountains that's why the uh, um we all connected with these genes i mean all these languages and uh, all those lands and it's not only white race like they trying to pull the people only to white race like caucasus right. white you you can you have to go to caucasus right now and see see those people they don't look exactly like uh, they're people. not regular white people yeah. <laughs> they have all, all all the variety of white and and even to the black i mean you mm-hmm. can find black skin people there there's a lot of them and you know uh richard lopez found uh the picture of the russian caucasian who looked totally black and that was like beginning of uh 20th century and uh, he That's was awesome. looking yeah, so I mean uh Lopez it's, not, it, he does it, great. it's like the region the key region, all this region like Crimea, Black Sea, uh Turkey, Caucasus, Bulgaria, Greece, it's it like it's like very close uh area, which also Famenka's trying to mention as a holy land. I mean, and he also pulls Jerusalem to Turkey and uh, so I mean This is not simple speculation. We can see all these tracks and uh, the mud volcanoes are also there because I was there and I was filming it. It's a whole bunch of mud volcanoes there. And in Turkey, in um, Azerbaijan, and Caucasus Mountains, it's full of mud. Everywhere is mud. All this mud flowing from everywhere. So, I mean, this is the key region for this mud flood research, I think. And I think uh, next year would be Great to find out more facts there.
0: Yeah, everybody, go find Philip's uh, videos from earlier this year on his vacation where he found the the mud landscape that was so wild to see. Um, that's what you were just referring to uh, it, right there. And uh, some great content came out of that trip. We we're, we're all benefited from you going on that trip and using your mud flood goggles on that trip. So... Uh, Anyway, everybody, I think uh, we should get ready to jump off here, and uh, I want to thank everybody once again for joining Philip and I today. Um, Of course we could sit here for four hours, uh, but it's heading on into the middle of the night in Moscow, Russia, and I've got a family downstairs probably getting ready to start looking for me. They'll be banging on this door any minute. Um, But Philip, thank you for taking time right before your holidays to hang out with us once again as well, because uh, I think this was a really great chat. And we got perspective today on Fomenko and Nasovsky. We got perspective today on the National Cultural Development Under Communism document that I do think is a big um, topic like that a lot of people might get hung up on and think maybe more is there than it's really there. Yeah, um, And giving us a preview into Empire of Ross which I look forward to continuing to hear more from you about in the coming year on your own channels. I've been showing Mud Flood Advanced Research and your own Philip Druschenen YouTube channel in the background here for the last few minutes of the feed. So uh, I hope everybody who isn't already uh, subscribed finds their way over to your channel and, and joins the hunt with you there.
1: Yeah, the hunt will not be as intense as it was like three years ago. Of course, I I, I like right now I'm working on two jobs already. So oh, I was like wow. t- totally have no time at all. So that's why my uh, videos became less recent. So yeah, less frequent, I
0: think. The people, anybody coming new to you right now has a year's worth of watching just to get caught up no problem so they you've done a lot of work already for us so yeah,
1: probably 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 you're
0: not done thinking about it we know you're not done discovering new things about the mud floods about grand tartaria about the empire of rose so uh yeah. we'll, we'll be here when when you put anything out believe that so
1: yeah thanks everybody in the chat thanks a lot for inviting and uh looking forward for more connections with you guys and more chat me too 100 percent
0: Everybody, we'll see you soon. You know what to do. Smoke some indica and do shit anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, see you later.
2: Thanks, bye-bye. But I've never seen the crowds of a crowd like this. If indeed, this is 2 million people, there are only three cities in the United States that are bigger than this crowd, Chicago, New York, and L.A. This is big, really big. They're talking about 3 million people on the beaches in Rio. They can stretch them out a long way up and down that beach down there. They're a little cozy down here. Yeah, say hi to mom, she's watching you on TV. Two minutes and 20 seconds. Every single person in this crowd is watching for that thing to move. It's all computerized now. In the old days, used to drop it with a a nylon uh, clothes cord with three guys and a Mickey Mouse watch. It's all computerized now, highly technical. A couple of years ago when they first started, we had a minor glitch. We're not going talking about Y2K things this year, but a couple years ago when it was computerized, and we were a little bit late. I think so we lost it by about two seconds that year. And boy, did it hit the papers. As they wave the television, turn around now. Watch, watch the ball. That's a He that, thinks he heard me. <laughs> That's a funny look. Look at them. They're all the way up to Central Park, all the way down to 42nd Street. This is a massive New Year's Eve crowd with a minute and 30 seconds left. Listen to the music build. They're ready. They're in there.